and now we're... This might be the loosest of the episodes yet, because we're doing our worst of 2019. And, and by that we mean Kane has actually written a proper list, and I can't remember what happened last week, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and get Kane to remind me. I, I can... Think of a couple off the top of my head, but I haven't written a definitive list because I can't even think of ten bad films that I saw this year that actually came out this year. So, why don't I just kick off with a couple that I hated that we um, that we did for this this podcast? So I thought, remember that. What is it? World, world or Earth? World. World. Remember the world was dreadful. That it was, and admittedly, it did make a list of mine because, along with best and you worst, had more than a best and worst list. Well, I also did the most surprising, the most disappointing. Did that go into your surprising or disappointing? It list? went into disappointing, okay, yeah. and the fact that I, it even put me in a position where I could be disappointed made me like hate it even more. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Did murder mystery make your disappointed list? Because that's even not even that wouldn't even make my worst list if I'd seen more than ten. It's well, just, it's it just. Disappointing. Well, well, Actually, no. It's to be expected, really, isn't it? Well, well, see, that's the thing. Even with, like, you know, the director and the writer, me knowing them beforehand, I wasn't... What is there to expect? You're right. No, you're right. You're exactly right. I will give you that. It should just go onto the worst list because bleh, it was shit. Yeah. Um, I didn't like Shaft, the version that came yeah. out this year. That was... That, that, that was honestly too lame to even register on any of the lists. Yeah. Like I said, I could I, I probably can only come up with 10... Yeah. I, I can probably only come up with 20 movies I saw this year, so they're either going to fall into my worst or my best right. list. Fair enough. Um, what else was was bad? Uh, Help me out here. Hmm. Trying to think. Well, well, I'm trying to think in terms of... Oh, no, I hated But that didn't... Did, did Greasy Strangler come out this year? It didn't. didn't no, it, it didn't come no. out this year. No, because that would have made it. Yeah. Oh, of course it didn't. Um, I don't know. So, they were, they were some right. movies that I... Uh, uh, Alright. And now to show the utter anal retention coming from this side of things, I have properly ordered it out. In fact, I've, I actually have um posted on my blog top 20... Best and worst. Wow. Along with top ten most disappointing, most surprising. I'm impressed that you're able to... Um, to be able to remember enough about them all to, to be able to put them on all these well, lists. Well, that's the benefit of writing about every new movie uh, I watch. Of course, you've got and, all this material. And, 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 uh, oh, and speaking of material, just um, putting this out there, of course, I haven't seen every single movie that came out in 2019. What? Because even I'm not that good. <laughs> However... I have built up a decent um, sample range because. Hang on a sec. Did 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 Robert Hood come out this year? No, that was last year. Oh, fuck, okay, because that was fucking shit. I really liked that movie. Like, really, really liked it. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right, but all right, go we'll probably get that Go. So this. Um, counting of the the ten worst yes. is out of a sample of two hundred and four new movies that I saw. You which, watched two hundred and four films w- this year, which is a new record. Is it? It's usually I'm. It's either just below two hundred or at two hundred. So two hundred and four films in twenty nineteen you watched. Well, new ones. New I ones. watched. If we're talking movies at all it's almost like one a day for the whole year yeah because i made you watch a bunch and yeah. yeah okay so you watched 204 new releases films that came out in 2019 this year according to australian release dates and there might be a okay. bit of crossover sure, sure, sure. but yep 
as far as I'm concerned, these are 2019 movies. Okay, go. All right. Wow. So, number 10. Yes. Playmobil the movie. I don't get it. What is it? What does Um, that even mean? It's... It, it, it's basically the Lego movie, except they're using Playmobil badly. Because What's Playmobil? It, it, it's, I want to say it's a knockoff of Lego, but it's like its own thing. It's the same kind of like so construction, a a construction construction block. toy set For three-year-olds. Yeah. And God, the movie is like, it's not even sophisticated enough to be for three-year-olds. <laughs> it's, it's basically the Lego movie minus any creativity, fun... Thinking that the audience is in any way clever. Like, it dumbs down the Lego movie formula so much, it kind of insults the audience in the process. And it's also one of the worst musicals I saw all year. It's a musical? Yeah. With a Megan Trainer signature song. Which made me want to make, like, Marvin Gaye and cremate myself. (laughs) Just fucking hell, that was bad. Okay. Nine? Nine? Polar. I haven't seen I've nearly. Never even heard of it. Um, Netflix movie from the director of Madonna's Ray of Light music video. Yeah, he's prim- primarily known for music videos and it shows. <laughs> well, that's um, my- I haven't seen nearly enough of like the uh, of like the first half of the 2010s to really put a fine point on this. But far as I'm concerned, this is one of the worst action movies of the decade. It's like half. Really boring Nordic wa- Nordic noir wannabe and half juvenile as fuck exploitation movie like the kind of movie where like chicks in tight short shorts just shooting fat guys over and over again is meant to be hilarious. So is it? Hang on, it's not. It's a, it's an action or a comedy. I can't even tell because both are done so shitly. Right, and so polar it refers to like. The North Pole? Uh, um, or something? Not really. I, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's just because, like, the quieter moments involve, like, a lot of snow. Like, it's all of a sudden, like, this log cabin. And right. it's all about this retiring assassin who, uh, who whose company tries to kill him off to get his retirement premium. Hasn't that been done before? Not this bad. <laughs> and, oh, and Matt Lucas as the villain <laughs> for some fucking... Um, from Little Britain. Oh, what? Yeah, I have no idea what he's doing in this thing. Okay. And he's trying to be fun and it just doesn't work. It's right. just... Ugh, okay, so good. Bad. Eight. Eight. Aladdin. Oh, yeah. I did actually... Well, to be fair, I didn't actually get through it. I watched half and then I just went... <laughs> I just, like... I meant what I said about Will Smith doing his best Kazam impression. To the point where I'm pretty sure there's a line from Kazam in this movie. Right. It's... How to put it? Guy Ritchie, the man who has never been able to betray women, music, or people of color with any kind of empathy, right. is do, was penned, um, was hired to do a Bollywood-style musical that was meant to give a female character more agency. No shit, this didn't work. Well, well, like, admittedly, Guy Ritchie has bounced back already with The Gentleman, which I honestly think is a good movie. But this... I saw the shorts for that, like, today, and I saw that it was a Guy Ritchie film, and I was like, oh. No, no, no. This is, like, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels, Guy Ritchie. This is back to him doing what he's capable of. Musicals. Not so much. (laughs) Bright and colourful musicals. And and also, um, the 
fuck the one original song in the thing um was it speechless it's the same vocal melody as abba's sos like for fuck's sake the one original thing isn't even original yeah well and just, I... There's nothing. Yeah, here. Disney shat the bed badly on that one. <laughs> and between it and The Lion King, it officially made me realize I've been been I've been way too easy on these remakes. Yeah, right. And the reason... And I call them glorified copyright updates because that's what they fucking are if they're this lacking in artistry. Yeah, no, I, you're not the first person right. to make that connection. Okay, so yeah, that was fucking dreadful. Okay. Number seven. Yep. The Front Runner. Never heard of it. Not surprised. <laughs> it's from the same director who did um, Juno. Oh, and really? And Thank You for Smoking. And admittedly, Juno. of all the films on this list, it's the most competent movie. Right. But the one floor it has, it it um, it's about um like a U.S. presidential scandal involving you know infidelity and stuff like this. And it tries to make points in regards to, like, fake news right. and journalistic accountability. But in the process, it ends up arming the same people who are trying to turn the press into the enemy of the state. It's that fucking backward. Right. And one of the main things I kept noticing in 2019, both with its worst and most disappointing, was realizing that you can have all the best intentions and ambition in the world, but that doesn't mean diddly dick if you don't have the skill to back it up. Yeah. And when it gets to the point where you're actively arming the people you want to call out, mm -hmm. you've royally fucked up. Mm -hmm. And what makes it even better is that the whole movie is about a man who finds himself in the middle of a media circus when the director is also making a new Ghostbusters movie. So he's going to be in the middle of his own media circus before too long. Hopefully he's learned at least something from all of this. <laughs> so he handles things a little better than he did here, but I'm not holding out much hope. Okay, okay number six. Palms. When is Diane Keaton going to be in a good movie again? What? Like, All right. The whole thing is Diane Keaton as this dying woman of oh, spoilers. I do not give a fuck about yeah, no, spoilers for no, no, this movie. Yeah. Who ends up in a retirement home and convinces everyone, uh, convinces a bunch of other women, including Jackie Weaver, is in this movie. Really? Yeah, and, and like a lot of like accomplished older female actresses. Okay. To be cheerleaders. To do like their own. To, okay. To like I'm, I'm already. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. lost. You've lost me. Yeah. And wow. Just, and like. Wow. Not only is the tone of it complete dog shit, it does not know what it wants to be. It is so bad, it's it's pandering to an older audience. But it's so bad that it's pandering, it doesn't know whether it actually wants to be sympathetic towards its audience or just mock them. Because it spends so much time making fun of the main characters. That it's... Oh, that sounds awful. It's like... And this is one of the things, like... Yeah, I went into this not being even remotely close to the target demographic for this, but that doesn't sure. make it being as insulting as it is any less obvious. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, now, bear in mind, as we cross over into the upper or lower half, depending <laughs> on how you look at it, yep. we're entering into the realm of films that are not just bad, they could be harbingers for even worse movies down the line. I'm not fucking around with this list. Okay. Okay, so number five... Cats. 
right. This will likely... Actually, this might surprise some people because I have seen this crop up a lot as far as, like, so bad it's good movies because it is a phenomenal train wreck. Nothing about it works. And, and, and quite frankly, I find it really funny that Jason... Hang on. Jason Derulo went on a tear about critics can't criticise anything because they haven't made their own movies oh, yeah. when he can't even be in a movie that's fucking finished. <laughs> I'm not even kidding about that. They actually released the film with unfinished CGI. The clue is in the hands. It's so painfully obvious. Just like, it's, yeah, it's really bad. So they re-released it. Like, within a week of it coming out. What? With fixed CGI. This is an unprecedented thing. And unfortunately, the fixed version didn't make it over here because I saw the original. And, man, no fi- no visual fix is good enough to handle this. How much did this movie cost to make, do you know? Probably in, like, around the 100 million range. That's a... So... So, so, he, a lot of money so here's the this. thing. The reason why it makes the list isn't because of the wasted talent, the slurry of music, the fact that the ending almost feels like it's dick-teasing the audience because it just refuses to actually end. It's just like, we're going to end. Now we're going to keep singing. Now we're going to keep singing. <laughs> no. What really... This is like my idea of hell. What, it, what made it on the list is the unreleased... Yeah. Um, well, the unfinished thing. Because... That whole release first, patch later thing, it's a stratagem that's currently destroying the video game industry because all of them are fucking like that. Really? It's like, it's such like day one patches are just like on every single game. I feel really bad now for releasing Frozen 2 with the coughing fit in it and having to recall it and (laughs) edit that out and then release a second version. I'm I'm cats! At least we're not... Charging people 20 bucks true. to see it. That's and, true. and again, Aussie ticket prices for something that is literally unfinished. Wow. I do not... Start a class action. I do not want this to be a trend <laughs> of people, of filmmakers' studios, more likely, yeah. thinking that it's perfectly okay to release films that aren't finished just so they can like patch it up later for the home wow. release. That would kill the movie industry, especially yeah, yeah. at a time when less people are going into cinemas yeah. than ever because of streaming. How bizarre. Just, yeah. What is the... Do, do we know why? Why they released it? Um, human error. Nobody watched it? Do you blame them? Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, you look at the trailer, <laughs> you didn't want to watch it. As this, and... How to put it? One of um one of the other writers from Film Inc. magazine, which I contribute to, um Travis Johnson, he actually had an interesting take on it. He said he actually did like it because it's a lot more interesting to see a really ambitious failure than sure. a really safe success. Yep. But I, and I totally do get that, and mm-hmm. I can easily see an argument for watching this ironically. Sure, it's hard to look away from a train wreck. The cheapest way you can, admittedly, <laughs> but still watching it. But again. I care far less about originality than I do competence. Yeah. I'd rather see a simple story done well yeah. than a complex story done badly yeah. because then the disappointment just sure. overrides everything. Yeah. Yeah. And yet that's still not even the worst. No. We're not even close yet. All right, okay. number four. After. What's this one? So it turns out that Fifty Shades of Grey has started its own cinema trend. What do you mean? I got into this when, um, briefly in one of our previous episodes. It's, alright, after, 
is literally One Direction self-insert romance fanfiction re like retitled like all the character names and everything and that got adapted into a movie which has already got a sequel slated for either this year or next year which means that 50 shades of gray has officially started the next wave of young adult adaptations literal fan fiction being made into movies i don't i'm so lost i i, I don't even understand what you're saying uh, 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 okay so People want to... Someone wrote a story about One Direction, a fan. Um, so, well, well, um, someone wrote about basically themselves being in a romantic situation with one of the members of One Direction. Oh, and, I see. And, and there's a lot of stories like that. Like, Fifty Shades of Grey is literal Twilight fan fiction. They got, like, retitled and everything, and it became a bestseller for some fucking reason. No way! Yeah, so... This is where cinema is heading in terms of young adult oh, stories. We've gone from Harry Potter to Twilight to Hunger Games to Fault in Our Stars to this. Shit. I mean, like, the fact that the film just bored me to tears is like an afterthought at this stage. Right. The fact that this is the shit I'm going to have to deal with, like, copycats and sequels and maybe spin-offs even of this shit for the next few years, I... Am fuming, quite yeah. frankly. And admittedly, I am a former fanfic writer. I have written stuff that I would honestly kind of like to see on the big screen because <laughs> it's not every day you see someone's dick explode mid-blowjob. Like, I, I wrote some weird stuff back in the day. So I, I don't have a problem with fanfiction sure. as a writing practice, but at the same time, it's not professional and it is mostly to serve the individual yeah. writing it, not necessarily an audience. Like, I totally get why there is an audience for this stuff, but then again, I understand why there's an audience for Fifty Shades of Grey. doesn't make that any easier to sit through. No, but it's the same for me when these went through the um, Fifty First States and Shallow How oh, bottom uh, barrel scraping um, oh, we, excuses we, 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 for We found a new bottom because comedy. at least Shallow How is enough to engage even if it is through frustration like after can't even get that far right. it's just bad relationship these are the moments that define a person's life it, it is literally that cliche and it literally starts at but, that cliche but you're right like you can have um filmmakers like amateur directors amateur actors and all that kind of stuff but if the writing's amateur nothing about it's ever going to be able to work yeah, because it, it underpins the whole yeah, thing just, uh, we've been through this so many fucking times yes yeah, and I, i'm honestly kind of curious about what other fan fiction is going to get adapted like are we going to get it a lot are we going to get like a big budget version of my immortal are we going to get an adaptation of cloud mows the lawn I swear to God, if we have an app, if I end up seeing a film version of Stones to Abigail, I might quit this whole thing. Wow. Because okay. if we get to, because I... You don't have to watch them. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. If we're getting to the point where fan fiction is being accepted as stuff worthy to adapt, the, you know, cash grab, YouTuber, yeah. Yeah. you know, author yeah. trend, that yeah. could be next, and that could end everything yeah I, I rarely get this alarmist but seriously it is that worrying to wow. me okay yep and yet still not <laughs> at the still bottom, not at the bottom. <laughs> okay number three this is a movie i'm pretty sure no one's heard of siblings of the cape no it's a japanese movie that i was um 
sent by filming. Well, actually, I was sent a screener by filming to review here. It was, without doubt, the angriest sit I had all year. Of all 204 movies, even stuff that's worse than this technically, yeah. this was the angriest I ever got. Why? It w it's a story about a pair of si um, adult siblings living below the poverty line in Japan. It's a Japanese movie. One who is physically disabled and the, and the other who is mentally disabled. Oh, no. Implied to be autistic. Okay. And things get so dire that he, the physically disabled brother, literally pimps out the mentally disabled sister. And it's so sketchy that wow. you can't... Eat it, like, how to put it? There is a larger conversation in regards to sexually active disabled people. Mm -hmm. But the whole time watching it, I couldn't help... I couldn't escape the feeling that I was essentially watching an autistic woman being raped for 90 minutes. Wow. I gave this film my first ever zero rating. Really? Because... And here's the thing. It's not even because of that. What? It's because... As I thought more on it, the more I came to a horrifying realisation. Ever heard of Freddy Got Fingered? Yep. That film in terms of depicting sexually active disabled people, is smarter than this movie. Jesus. I am not even fucking kidding. And as soon as I made that realization, that's when I knew this isn't just like offensive to my taste. It's making the worst movies of all time look better by comparison. Can I ask you a question? Does it show the sexual violence like is, is it, oh. it, it's not implied you see scenes where it, it doesn't even just show it there's a scene in the movie where the two siblings get kidnapped by some you know roaming thugs and the man is put into like this wooden box and his eyes forced open forced to watch his sister right get right and that's essentially what the film feels like to watch okay i made a decision about two years ago that i wasn't going to watch any more films with sexual violence in them because I think yeah. that there are ways that we can have these conversations that we can talk about these things without actually having to show it because for me um, those kind of graphic depictions of sexual violence are not necessary to explore a story yeah. to explore a storyline and I think that it just kind of desensitizes us to um, things that we really shouldn't be desensitized and, and, to. And, and, and I do totally get that but on the flip side, I do think that there should be a place to at least, you know, depict it cinematically, if only to, like, actually talk about these things. You can to talk actually about accept... it without having to show. You, if you need to show somebody being raped on television to get your point across, you have a problem with your writing. All right, pause. <gasps> uh, um, we're in the middle so of recording. Sorry. It's all right, it's fine, it's fine. You didn't miss me far We'll come out. I can edit that out, and I will this time. Mental uh, note. Okay. At any rate, yeah. Siblings of the Cape. Okay. Um, how to put it? If you're going to include rape in a story at all, make sure you know what the fuck you're doing. And with this, I edit that bit out too. <laughs> um, yeah, this was absolute trash, exploitative, yeah, bile. That's what I. That's what I that's what I'm just, I guess I'm getting and at. And just, yeah. how to put it, in the year of Greta Thunberg, seeing this was fucking horrifying. Yeah. The fact that any, like, how to put it, 
I rarely get this vindictive when talking about filmmakers, but I genuinely wish that the guy who made this never makes another movie again because mm. sport because no surprise. I don't like seeing autistic people get fucking abused like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Under the guise of it being art, no fuck right off. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, okay. uh, like yep. that was awful. Good, but as bad as that was, <laughs> at least it had some mild, like if you really look at it, understanding that what was happening was wrong. Sure. Unlike <laughs> my number two pick, the Queen's Corgi. Yes, uh, animated family film was worse than this. As one of the few people who went into this movie actually knowing anything about the studio that made it, N-Wave Studios, they do, like, really mild and, like, offensively inoffensive, like, family fare. Like, the stuff that just doesn't register. Sure. I know what you're talking about. Yep. With this one, they suddenly decided they're political commentators because they, no joke, bring Donald and Melania Trump into the proceedings. More to the point. They actually do a riff on the grab grab her by the pussy remark with Donald Trump telling his what? own pet corgi to grab some puppy. I feel ill. But here's the thing, though. This is a kid's film? This is a kid's film. And the fact that it is a kid's film, I almost want to give it some respect because that's a weirdly daring thing to actually comment on. And the fact that, it, like... Weird. Well, it is weird, but it is, like, perfectly... Not perfectly, but worded just right so that it... Like, the adults know what's going on, but the kids, it probably... However, when it gets to the subplot involving the titular Corgi and Trump's Corgi, Trump's Corgi literally doesn't take no for an answer Mm -hmm. and is the sexual aggressor Mm. and, yeah, tries to rape the Queen's Corgi. What?! What? I am not even kidding. And what's more... What? After that, and the villain gets revealed, he, the villain gets paired with Trump's corgi, and that, and his sexual assault is framed as just punishment. So... Oh my god! This is a movie... This movie should be taken off out of product... Like, so, distrib- so, what? so, to recap, this is a movie that wants to point at real-life sexual abuse allegations... While on the other hand, treat those exa- treat very similar alle- like things actually happening in the movie as comedy. Oh, I don't give a shit what anyone says. Oh, you know, Pepe Le Pew did it. Pepe Le Pew didn't fucking fixate on the actual act itself as much as this fucking movie does. I'm almost impressed that one of the most non-essential animation studios working like ever managed to make something so horrifyingly misguided that it fuck on like going back to what I said about frontrunner arming the enemy this really feels like it's going to be a go-to point about like oh the left you know they want to you know they want to poke at other people's sexual abuse but they'll make fun of it themselves no this isn't like that and that's part of the reason I fucking hate it yeah okay wow it just I feel embarrassed for every single person who got involved in it, and if I wasn't already damn sure that the filmmakers completely forgot what shame is, I honestly hope that they do feel a lot of it for making easily, fucking easily, one of the worst animated films anything, (laughs) animated anything, in the history of animation. It is 
fucking abhorrent. So what's the rating on it? Um, I think G. Oh my god. Possibly PG because of the because of the insinuation stuff. And, uh, uh, and just to make sure I'm being clear about this, the literal quote from Trump's Corgi, um, when asked, what do you not get about no, the N, and the O? They try and be cute with it. Oh my god. And yet, still, still not the worst. Still not the worst. Okay. And I'm this ready. one might actually come as a surprise. Number one, worst film of the year. Also, the highest grossing Aussie, Australian movie this of is the Australian year. This Australian film? Yeah. Ride Like a Girl. Oh. Now, yes. admittedly, this placement honestly kind of took me... Hang on a second. Hang on a second. This is a film about a female jockey in Australia, and this was worse than autistic people being abused yeah, and yes. worse than... Worse than sexual abuse film. for kids. <laughs> sexual yes. abuse. Yes. Tangibly, and I have receipts. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, at first, I didn't really think that much about the movie. I thought, like, yeah, there's a definite agenda behind, like, how sanitized the industry is depicted. Like, there's literally a scene in it where we hear about protesters outside, but we never see any of them. Mm -hmm. Like, that kind of thing. And I just kind of wrote it off. But then, only a few short weeks after I posted my initial review... The expose came out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For those not in Australia, um, we have a current affairs program called um, 730. Mm -hmm. And Miss Caro Meldrum Hanna unveiled an expose into the horse racing industry's connection with abattoirs, basically killing off their literal cash cows. Mm -hmm. Before I get too far into this, I want to actually. Um, brag for a little bit i actually met the journalist who broke that story i met caro like for employable me that was nominated for a logie and i actually got to got to go to the logies yeah and she was at the exact same table i was mm -hmm. and well quite frankly i was so fucking stressed out like i'm in the same room as so many people i love watching um if it wasn't for her like talking me down out of an episode i would have had a full-on panic attack when wow. i was there so, the fact that our respective looks at the horse racing industry happened so closely, I knew I had to address it. Okay. And, well, here's the thing. Ride Like a Girl itself is connected to the industry. It's partly funded by TAB and Racing Victoria. What? Which means that everyone who bought tickets to see the highest grossing Aussie film of the year, which admittedly does include myself, so I'm not trying... I'm trying to be... Yeah. I'm not trying to be self-righteous with this. Everyone who paid money to see this movie paid into the pockets of the people who put those horses in the abattoirs. Oh my god. That's what makes us the worst movie. Yeah, unlike the other unlike everything else in this list, the ramifications yeah. of this film are far from theoretical and have already been proven. Now didn't um like some of our independent cinemas pulled this out of their rotation at the time, right? I like, I'm pretty sure Palace and that, they put out a statement and they said, like, as much as we like to support Australian films, since the expose has come out, we cannot I, 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 I I'm not sure, but if that is the case, I do applaud the trains that did they, that. No, because th it, that is a very bold move, especially when... It is. They said, we don't take this lightly because, like, we are so behind supporting Australian cinema, but given the situation... <laughs> 
we can't in good conscience yeah. keep selling tickets to this. Yeah, and I honestly felt disgusted with myself that I paid money to see it. Mm. I think I might have either done it on, like, you know, movie of the week cheapy ticket or just use my points. Yep. I, I'm praying that I use my points because yep. I did not like the feeling that I actually paid into the people who did this fucking shit. And especially in a year like 2019 where Disney had such a monopoly on, like, they literally... Of the 10 highest grossing movies of all time, world uh, of the year, mm. worldwide, they owned seven of wow. them. So this is a year where, more than ever, audiences are becoming aware of what they're putting their money towards. Yeah. And in that vein, yeah. I have to declare this the worst movie of the year, because sure. it is such a vile, stomach-churning example of what we're putting our money, our money to for simple escapist media. Can I, can I ask a, a, a question? I'm on a roll, so get... <laughs> Do you think... So, given that TAB, TAB, so that's one of our gambling organisations in which, Australia. Which is also a massive problem in this country. Yeah. And who did you say? Racing Victoria. Yep. They were executive producers or they funded it? Or they partly funded they partly it. They're funded listed it. among the production companies. Okay. They're listed amongst the production companies. Is... Did they have any idea that this expose was coming out? Was this an attempt to... Was this just because of a build-up over the last few years? There have been a lot of people saying up to the cup and all that. that that's not just well, this year. It, it, admittedly, that expose itself had been built up over the last you know yep. year or two. I mean, we had the Greyhound Racing thing come out. Yeah, and so it, it could have been damage control. And yeah. you know what? I'm willing to bet that the fact that it's not only focused on a female jockey, but directed by a female director... I'm willing yeah. to bet that that was also intentional, just so it'd be like, oh, you can't hate women, which is such a fucking straw man argument. Mm. But, again, this is what they're capable of. I'm not putting oh, anything not past surprised. them at no, this no, stage. No, 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 fuck no, fuck no. So, in, but in that case, then, then that's even worse. Like, if you're using women and a story like this, to, 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 for damage control for the fact that you send your horses off to an abattoir. Yeah, especially since, like, in the film proper, it's feminist pretensions right. are so lame. They basically read, like... If someone pu if someone published one of those, um like, Blank for Dummies yep. um, books, like, femi feminism... For dummies. <laughs> film Feminism for Dummies, <laughs> like, the dialogue in this thing would be listed in it. Wow. It's... Yeah, okay. Yeah. I So, yeah, that's how far Ride Like really a Girl had to get. When you read your list out to me before, and I hadn't heard of the majority of the films on the list, but I had that one, and I didn't even try to think about why you didn't like it. Now, I'm like, far out. Like, yeah, and again, highest grossing Aussie film of the year. Well, boycott it, everyone. Do not see this film. Do not pay money to see it. Actually, the top three, I would say 100%. Worth boycotting. 100%. Need to be taken well, out of well, 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 Siblings of the Cape, I don't think, needs to be necessarily boycotted because I don't think that many people even know it exists. But no, I know now they do. Boycott! I know that people know that the Queen's Corgi exists because I've been seeing a lot of memes regarding Trump's um, appearance in the trailer, okay. which... Oh, God. I don't even it, it, really, it really sucks when I have to say, no, 
Donald Trump being in this wasn't the worst part. Wow. It, 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 yep. Admittedly, it wasn't voiced by him. Oh my god, if it was voiced by him, that would make the worst because... Right. yeah. I even want to think of it. Can I just say but... I'm so glad that we started with the worst films and that we're not going to record I know, right? This is what I'm talking about. if I was ending this this to drive home now, I'd be like, fuck! Yeah, so... <laughs> That's my list. Cool. If, well, you want, if you want a more detailed breakdown along with what would normally be the 10 honorable mentions, I, um, the full top 20 worst films 2019 list is on my blog. When, yep. when this goes up, I'll probably share it alongside. You can find uh, Movies with Kane and Tile on Twitter and I always um, retweet. I really do the, appreciate that. Oh, no problem. It, it, it helps reassure me that someone your... out there is reading what I have to write. <laughs> and, or you can... Um, What's your Twitter um, handle? Uh, at Sentinel M. That's right, Sentinel M. Yeah, so you can find Kane at Sentinel M. And, and I share all my stuff. Follow us, follow us, because we're, we're always on Twitter. Yeah, you can hear me ranting more about the demise of the film industry. No, yeah. no, 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 no. And <laughs> as we'll get into in the best films list, things aren't that dire. No, no. It's just a little worrying, personally. But you can always talk to us on Twitter. I love talking to people. I love having conversations about movies and stuff, and... Do jump on and tell us what your. Uh, I don't really think we should. I, I don't really think we should be um, self-promoting in front of the worst list. Well, that's okay. People <laughs> love talking about things that make them angry or unhappy. It's good. It's good. Good, good thing we're bringing up Twitter then. Yeah. Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah true. All right. So. High five.